Welcome to another informative episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Oh baby, what a day. We've got Abel James. You know, if you look up monetizing your creativity in the dictionary, you will see a picture of Abel James. For me, I have multiple streams of income. I have focused on apps. Uh, we have a cooking class that made us quite a bit of money. Also eBooks, eCookbooks, a published book with Penguin Avery. And so that book deal was pretty big. I'm also on a, a new ABC show. The music piece, speaking gigs, it's really coming from all sorts of different directions. Monetizing your creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? When you're small, you can listen to your audience. You can listen to the people who are following you. Ask them what they want, what they're interested in, and you'll build a following. Once you build a big enough following, then the gatekeepers come knocking. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Once again, I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me over Skype from his home office on the other side of the Rocky Mountains out there on the west coast of Canada is Fred Keating. And joining us is a very special guest joining us from his home studio in America. Tell us, Fred, who's joining us? Oh, baby, what a day. We've got Abel James, Abel James podcaster, fitness guru, author, publisher, musician. You know, if you look up monetizing your creativity in the dictionary, you will see a picture of Abel James because he's the best example and illustration we can think of of what this whole series is about, Marvin. This guy knows how to get the job done. Welcome, Abel. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Hey, Abel, why don't you tell us about your background? I think you have a really interesting background of, you know, about how you made this career move. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up knowing that I'd have some college loans, and I did. <laughs> I, uh, I basically paid my own way uh, through Dartmouth with uh, scholarships and quite a bit of, of hefty, nasty student loans. So when I got out, as much as I wanted to, you know, go on a road trip and play guitar and do a bunch of cool stuff with my life, I went into the, the corporate route because basically I wanted to pay off my loans as quickly as possible so that I would have that freedom and especially creative freedom to to uh, basically do whatever I wanted to do, which is always changing, as you probably realize at this point. You bet. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I went to Washington, D.C., and I started working in strategy consulting and best practices consulting. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I love learning things and experiencing new things. I love traveling, so I got to do all that. But the corporate environment and working in an office really wasn't for me. And I knew that. I knew it was a temporary thing. Um, and so it was... Uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys even know about this part, but I was in D.C. for about two years and I was working in that typical office setting. Uh, and then I said, you know, I'm going to bail. I paid off my loans and I went on that road trip. I drove around the country and uh, my boss or, or one of the vice presidents there, he actually left around the same time. And he's just like he called me up. He's like, hey, I want to work with you. And I'm just like, listen, I'm going to be <laughs> probably in a canyon somewhere. I have no idea where I'm going to be. I'm going to be bouncing around. Uh, is that cool if I work from anywhere and just kind of do it at my own pace? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so for the next few years, I, I worked from home and still did best practices consulting with some uh, Fortune 500s and the federal government, which was kind of cool. But I really wanted to do something more after a period of time. You know, th there were a few years there where it was OK and I was learning. And then I realized, OK, I guess I'm an adult now 
and I'm getting some itchy feet. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, the lifestyle of a professional musician where I'm going on stage at like midnight and then I have to be on a conference call at 6 a.m. the next morning, those, those don't play too nicely together. So then my health took, you know, basically fell off a cliff and then we go into the next part of the story, I guess. As you said, your health fell off a cliff. You really became passionate about this subject matter. So tell us about what happened next. Yeah, so um, I think for a lot of people, it's a trauma that sets a lot of things off. And so for me, I came home one night when I was living in Austin, Texas, and my apartment building was up in a wall of flames and I lost everything. I was working on a new album. I had, um, my instruments were so important to me because they were basically the only, the only thing that I owned growing up, saxophones, guitars, and that's where I put my money, kind of like an investment. And, uh, and also a, a bunch of work stuff, but all of that art was lost in that fire. And then meanwhile, I'd been living that double life, right, where I was doing consulting and also um, being a musician. And so that took its toll on my health. So I looked at myself in the mirror because basically all I had were the clothes that I was wearing. I was borrowing someone else's car and uh, my big fat face, which, you know, I finally realized was, um, was not me, right? It was, it was basically this thing where I thought that I was probably getting older and that's just the way that I aged or whatever. But when I took a good hard look at myself in the mirror, I realized that I was fat, sick, flabby. When I went into the doctor's office, my biomarkers were all over the place. It looked like I was in the body of a 40-year-old man. And I said to myself, you know, I to get through anything that's difficult, a lot of times it's beneficial to look forward, to give yourself a little project to focus on. And I'd always been a health nut, but this was different because I felt like it was something that was going to help pull me out of that. And also, you know, focusing on your health at a, at a young age and really getting serious about it is something that most of us really need to do now. Being comfortable behind a microphone, I'm just like, what can I do to, to get this out there? Um, because I realized pretty quickly that everything I thought I knew about health was completely wrong. <laughs> and I, I healed a lot of the problems that I had with real food. That was, that was the main gist of it. Focusing, going back away from diet foods, away from the, the diet that my doctor recommended, healing myself with real food. My mom's a holistic uh, nurse practitioner and, and also nutritionist. And so kind of going back to my roots in that and, and talking about alternative health with people felt like it could be a cool gig. It was just, I would, I would have to do it on my own. So I started up my website, my podcast, Fat Burning Man, which is kind of a tongue in cheek way to talk about all those things. And then that started to take off. Now, Abel, you, uh, you very significantly started a, a podcast, as you've mentioned, and you started writing books and you, you started uh, creating applications in the health space, and and recently you've even released a, a new music recording. So tell us about Abel James, the personal media brand, and how did you build up that audience? How did all of this work? Yeah, it's it's a great question because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> when I first started, um, you know, my full name is actually Abel James Bascom. And my last name was something that whenever I was doing uh, musical stuff, people would mispronounce. They'd spell it wrong when they put it on the billboard or whatever. And so after a while, I just kind of dropped it. Another big reason for that is because when I was still doing the consulting, 
Abel Bascom, if you Googled him, he was the guy who was wearing a suit, shaking hands, you know, very professional. If you Googled Abel James, very different story, you know, like shirtless on the internet, playing these crass shows sometimes, more of like the, the comedy improv type style of stuff. And so, man, if you're talking about uh, putting out a blog, putting out a podcast, doing a newsletter, doing YouTube channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all these things, Periscope, you know, Snapchat, all these things, you multiply that by two, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up with that. There's no way that people will be able to find you and follow you in all these different ways as one person. And so for me, as, um, as I've grown and done, like you mentioned, books, eBooks, uh, apps, websites, newsletters, all the things I just mentioned, even when I released the album of, of music, I released it to, you know, you probably heard on my podcast, which is about health. Uh, I, I released it to my newsletter and a lot of people are signing up for that because they want to lose weight or get fit or whatever. But, you know, the, the fascinating thing that happens is that when you really think about the people who you follow personally online or, or in media, you're following them not just for their information, it's, it's for them as a person. You know, you like their message, you like their style, you like something about them. And so for me, um, I tried to maintain my sanity mm -hmm. <laughs> by keeping that all in, in one somewhat coherent piece, which is like, yeah, you'll find me at my blog, which is fatburningman.com, uh, but you might find a whole bunch of fun stuff there that you weren't expecting. Uh, you don't need to split yourself up because that, I've seen a lot of people do that and they burn out real fast. Well, Abel, that's what I wanted to, to ask you about. And that's because when Marvin first put me on to the Abel James empire, my first question after exploring the various paths that you've uh, uh, left behind you on the Internet was, when does this guy sleep? You know, how does all how does one individual, however creative, however fit, manage this growing empire, this, this uh, moving target, so to speak. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the need for support, uh, the, the, the Abel James team, so to speak, your associates or, or those who, yeah. in fact, you pulled in to help, uh, help feed this machine, but also to help you remain free to do what you do best? I love these questions. I, I really do because you said, okay, I would never take credit for all the things that I do as just being me. I have uh, wonderful people who help me, um, most significantly my wife, um, who didn't start out that way, right? She just started out as my girlfriend a few years ago and started working a little bit, doing some web stuff. I brought on also, you know, various people to help with uh, copy editing, uh, chopping up pieces of, of media and doing all sorts of various things, technical or whatever. I also had some partnerships. So I guess it was about uh, a year or two ago where I had almost a dozen employees, not all of them full-time, uh, a lot of them contractors, but pretty much virtual. And that's a big team. And I was proud of building that team. And that was my focus at that point is like, let's, let's grow. Let's make this big. Let's, let's do huge stuff. Uh, and I realized that to, <laughs> to use your terminology, feed the machine, all of a sudden, you need to sell a lot of product. You need to make a lot of money just to cover payroll every single month. And what that does is steal your freedom. And it steals also your creative freedom if you're not careful enough with it, right? Because all of a sudden, instead of creating cool stuff uh, and not really worrying about the, um, the covering payroll or, or covering the bills or whatever, 
you can't really just create with the freedom that you want to anymore. So it's really, it's, it's about a balance. So for me, I've, I've gone big with a bunch of employees. Uh, at this point right now, we're focusing on keeping our overhead low, going lean and mean. And you can, you know, if you have a great team, a truly great team, um, a lot of times it's small and you can move really quickly. You play to your weaknesses, really. That's, that's what I've tried to do is play to your weakness, which is if you're a major corporation, you can't move quickly. You can't change your mind. You can't go after the hottest, newest thing that people are talking about. You don't even know what that thing that they're talking about is because you're too busy sitting in a boardroom, you know, trying to define what the next big thing will be. When you're small and when you have that really powerful team, you can, you can listen to your audience. You can listen to the people who are following you. Ask them. Ask them what they want, what they're interested in. And that's what, what we try to do. So it's basically me and my wife and uh, a few contractors who have been working with us for a while who do wonderful things like helping us with recipes or, or testing various products or doing uh, copy editing or helping me transcribe uh, show notes and various things like that. So I, I really like the combination of having certainly some outsourcing where you're not doing everything, but at the same time, keeping it small enough so you can do whatever you want. Now, Abel, how do you monetize all of this? Because, you know, you do your podcast, you write books, you create applications, you record music and and release music online and presumably on CD as well. I love Swamp Thing, by the way. Great piece of work. Yeah. And where does the money come from? You know, monetizing creativity, after all, is the name of our podcast. So do tell. I know how to make money the good old-fashioned way with the business stuff. And a lot of people, unfortunately, you find them starting out in something creative or you find them out, uh, find them, you know, doing health. And then all of a sudden you see them as a business guru or here's how to make money on the internet guru or whatever. And a lot of people, uh, you know, find that it's easier to make five to ten times as much money doing that. And that very well, very well may be the case. But if you look at your creativity as being a service um, to other people, it's a lot harder uh, because sometimes selling is at odds with what you're doing, right? You want this all to be free. You want everyone to understand how to be healthy or how to be uh, better at their art or better at what they do. So for me, I have multiple streams of income. Like you mentioned, uh, I've focused on apps as a business model uh, in the past. I've also focused on um, a lot of digital media, right? So I'll sell uh, we have a cooking class that made us quite a bit of money this this uh, a few months ago, which is basically a video series with me and my wife helping people uh, get comfortable in the kitchen and, and making uh, various things themselves. Also, ebooks, e cookbooks. Uh, I have a um, a published book with Penguin Avery, and so that book deal was pretty big. I'm also on a, a new ABC show, which uh, brings in some money too. So it's it's really coming from all sorts of different directions. The music piece that brings in a little bit of money as well. Speaking gigs. So I'm I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm a lot more comfortable with that because. If you look at, I think a lot of people are way too comfortable with their jobs or with where their money's coming from. But if you look at how quickly things are changing, especially on the internet, um, it's tough to rely on one source of income. You need to be quick on your feet and you kind of need to know uh, what the next big thing is because, you know, MySpace, remember that? <laughs> right? like these things, if you put all of your online attention into MySpace, a few years ago, like many musicians did, all of a sudden, you're not in a good spot anymore. 
you needed to move on to that next platform. And the same thing goes with, with uh, revenue streams. So I like to do a lot of various things. You know, you give away your podcast for free, you build up a large audience, and then is it that some of these people will reciprocate by buying your book, buying your apps? Yeah, that's right. At first, you might assume that people are buying the information. You might assume that they're uh, desperate for that piece of information from you, but it's really not about that. It's about them supporting you. So if they like your message and you basically put out everything for free, they'll support you by buying the things that you put out as long as you make it relevant to them, as long as you really work hard on making it awesome. Because I know a little bit too much about the way that especially the health industry works. And usually it doesn't work like that. <laughs> usually, uh, you know, books are ghostwritten. It's not based around truth. It's based around how do we sell them consumables? How do we sell them protein bars and, and supplements and various things using our book as a marketing mechanism? For me, I, I wanted to hopefully show people that there's a better way uh, to do all of this. And that's, that's basically by probably working harder and focusing on the people you're doing this for. Right? I, I honestly and truly want to help people that was what was most impressive to me. It was, it was the amount of, it was not only the amount of information you were giving away for free, but it was a certain attitude and authenticity that made me keep clicking and, and then get on to the books and then get on to the music. I think that, as well as the monetization, that, that invitation uh, that you so openly uh, gave to people, people picked up on. I hope so. Cause it, uh, you know, it's weird <laughs> when you, you put out your, for example, on, on fat burning man, the name of, of my health podcast, I put out, uh, to help launch swamp thing, the album, this like new Orleans funk rock stuff. And just like put it right on there as the thing that I was selling from this health podcast, which really isn't relevant at all. And a lot of times, you know, I, I second guess myself. I'm like, am I out of my mind? People are going to just, you know, <laughs> they're going to, I don't know if this will resonate, mm -hmm. um, but hopefully if, if you're true to yourself, if, if you just put yourself out there, people will respond to it in a positive way. And that's what I found, you know, even if they're not flocking to everything and, and buying it like crazy, like people do come and even more importantly, they appreciate it, you know? And so in return, I, uh, for all the physical albums, which don't really sell, like people don't buy physical CDs anymore, let alone, you know, most people don't buy music anymore. Um, but so when people buy it and, and around the launch and still to this day, I autograph every copy and I write them a little note. And when someone gets that in the mail, it's like such a crazy experience because they're just not used to it. And so I'm trying to um, add a little bit of being personal back to all of this because there's no way I can ever compete with the big dogs, right, who have just all this money or whatever. And they're using podcasting as the marketing arm to sell whatever widget they want to. Um, Whereas I'm using it as an opportunity for free speech and to just kind of get out there and, and say whatever and hopefully people pick up on that. And I think they do. Um, now, at the same time, you have to pay the bills, right? And so I don't want to uh, – sometimes it offends people when you sell anything. Um, so that's – it's an interesting calculus learning how to do both of those things and just be confident that you're, that you're doing it right. 
Now, Abel, talk to us about gatekeepers, because back in the day, you couldn't just create your own radio station, certainly, and, and, and you couldn't create your own radio show. You needed to go through gatekeepers. You mm-hmm. couldn't just publish a book, at least not easily. You couldn't just publish a record album. You, you needed a publisher. You needed, you needed a record company. You've, for the most part, broken those rules. Yeah, I really wanted to. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I started my podcast, um, I looked at the health podcasts out there because I was reading all the health books. I was reading all the research and whatever. I was truly into it and wanted to make a splash. And so I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And in a lot of ways, I, you know, musicians have been doing the indie thing for a long time, as have filmmakers and a lot of other people in art. They, they didn't have the luxury of getting a huge record deal um, or book deal or, or movie deal or anything else like that. You just have to keep grinding and keep putting yourself out there. And hopefully sometime it will resonate and you'll build a following. Once you build a big enough following, then the gatekeepers come knocking. The funny part about that, though, is that, um, you know, in a lot of cases, the the big publishers doesn't matter what the media is or if it's a book or anything else. They're much more interested in the amount of people who are following you than anything you have to say or what your your book is, your movie is, your record is, any of that. Most of what they want is to just sell whatever they can to the people they know will buy from you. And that is uh, that's not the way that it should work. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it work a little bit better than that. Now, we're just about coming up on time. Fred, anything else that uh, you want to ask Abel about? No, uh, and I say no with all due respect because I'm, I'm going to be revisiting uh, the Abel James neighborhood. Uh, I do on almost a daily basis now because, as uh, Marvin would be uh, the first to tell you, uh, I am probably look more like the before poster able then uh, <laughs> we can help yeah. you out but I, That's right. and I know you can I know you can and uh, and I appreciate again the amount that uh, I of information I can get from you for free and that's going to encourage me to buy the books in fact why don't we ask Abel if he's willing to do a, a special episode with us, come back another time, and talk to our listeners about this whole idea of, of health and diet. I think it's really important to people in our industry. Absolutely. And the stamina that uh, is required in, uh, well, to do one thing for 12 hours and then and another for another eight hours after that. Yeah. So, Abel, would you be willing to do that? I'd be honored. Great. So, yes, we will definitely get you back another time to talk about all of that. In the meantime, Abel, tell us about how our listeners can find you. Easiest place to find me is fatburningman.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get various information about all the adventures that I go on, the the TV shows, the books, the music, and and what have you. And if you want to lose a few pounds, you'll learn that too. Or if you just like cheesecake and and bacon and delicious food, I talk about that a lot. Because at the end of the day, I'm a real foodie. I'm, I'm more of a health nut than someone who's going to scream at you in, until you're fit. So yeah, fatburningman.com, easiest place to find me. And then, of course, all the various social media channels. You can find me under Abel James or Fat Burning Man. And of course, everybody, check out the podcast on iTunes. Leave a review. And I have to say, it's really good stuff. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. 
It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.